Hi, this is Marnie with Maxim and Marnie from Our Savior's Lutheran Church, where I get to interview people and learn about their truth. Maxim is a synonym for truth, so it's a fun way to get people to talk about their stories and how they ended up at our church and how they ended up in life where they are now. So today, our very special guest is Pastor Elizabeth. Thanks yeah, for having welcome me. officially on a podcast. Have you yes. been on a podcast before? Once before, it was a couple years ago. I said she's way more podcasty than any weather guest we've <laughs> probably ever had. That's, that feels like a scratch. She's money. either in for um, uh, a surprise <laughs> or a disappointment. Or yeah, what was the other podcast about? Faith in life. Oh, okay. It was when I was in well, then yeah. I've got something to compete with. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's <laughs> your last name, Pastor Elizabeth? Pin Himmelman, and it's two words. Pin is my maiden name, and Himmelman is my married name. When my husband and I were engaged, he um, said, "Well, you're taking my last name, right?" And I said, "Well, if you take mine." So <laughs> we are both oh. Pin Himmelman. Um, he, I use it. He doesn't as much. And our son also has a middle name, Pin. So there you go. Wait, Long story your, for a simple wait, question. Wait, 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 wait. So your son's a full name is what? Jens Timothy Pin Himmelman. So he has but two middle Pin names. Pin and Timothy are his middle names. Okay, Correct. so I have a friend, mm-hmm. and I guess it's really common down in the Southern culture where when you get married, instead of then like not having like paying homage to your maiden name, is mm-hmm. then you get rid of your maiden your middle name and your maiden name becomes, becomes your middle, middle name. name and that actually my mom's not southern but that is the story with my mom i and wish that i kind of would have known that because i like it's that. like a latinx thing right oh yeah i feel i feel like i'm not latinx, in more but in more like latin countries you'll see mm-hmm. that that process happen oh yeah, okay well the people i know are like southern. i like that yen's okay. yen's his middle name has it um in it because that's what we did with wyatt Oh, yeah. And actually, fun fact, you ready for this? Not that this is my podcast. That's all okay. Of a sudden, Tell us. But well, all fact. of our kids' middle names end up spelling out Mandy's parents' name. So Wyatt is Mandy's maiden name. So he's Wyatt Wit Wise. But Wesley is Wesley William, which is Mandy's dad's name. And Gia is Gia Georgette, which is Mandy's mom's name. So all the middle names equal her parents. That is really cool. Love. Yeah. I love Fun the fact. meaning. That but that's why you kind of well, did. Well, that's where Timothy comes from. And Jens's middle name. That's my dad's middle name. Well, there you go. So your dad's middle name. Yes. Timothy Penn. Yeah. Okay, so Pastor Elizabeth, where were you born? I was born in Walnut Creek, California, near Berkeley. And, um, yeah. That sounds fancy and rich <laughs> and... It's a lot like Naperville. Okay. <laughs> it's suburb. And I'm so ignorant. Berkeley is north, middle, south. Central. Well, Great question. North. But so east of San Francisco. So on the creek is like I'm probably gonna get the geography right wrong now, but 60 miles. But east like near Mere Woods, the redwoods. Okay, the redwoods. Yep. Okay. Yep. And you lived there for how long? 18 years until I went to college. I left for college in Tacoma, Washington. Um, and wait, let's back up before college. Mm-hmm. And what would you say? Like, who did you live with? Who were your roommates in growing in up life? in your home? In my in my childhood, my yes. roommates were my parents, Craig and Susan. Um, and my brother, Jeff, who is four years older than I am, five years ahead of me in school. And what so. was your family culture like? What was our family culture like? That's a really good question. Um, my dad worked. My mom stayed home. She volunteered at church, ran all the things, did everything from VBS to Sunday school to kids' choirs. Um, and my brother was older than me and always brought home cute friends. So that was a big deal. Did you um, ever date a brother friend? I, I did not. I definitely <laughs> wanted to. But being four years older yeah, than me, it was mostly stretch. just that they were real cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we and what did he, and wait, so what was your brother like? 
Um, well, so my brother is currently a philosophy professor, so that explains a lot about him, I think. He yeah. um, is outgoing and a lot of fun, uh, a little bit scattered, and always talking about like the next level of things. So as a kid, I would sit down and be like, I don't even know what we're talking about, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And eventually my parents, as a child, my parents had to turn on a timer at the dinner table so that I would have five minutes to talk about the day. <laughs> oh, I love this. And you said your mom volunteered at church. So yep. what kind of church or faith tradition did she you grow up, up in? She grew up in the ELCA congregation. Um, Jack Neamey, who was a pastor here at Our Saviors, was the one who confirmed me at uh, St. Matthew. Oh, that's I was a fun connection. I, yeah. Now, I'd never met him, but I feel like yeah. he has a real a popular story that follow him around here. He was real popular uh, at St. Matthew, too. He always, um, when he gave me communion, he'd always say, this is the body of Christ given for you, Elizabeth. He'd draw out the S because there's an S in my name. Just so personal. Yeah. 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 Nice. So then you had a good experience growing up? I did. I had a really good experience growing up. My dad traveled quite a bit and my mom um, always had dinner uh, for us. And every Friday night we'd have a picnic on the living room floor and watch a movie and eat hamburgers with smiley faces out of ketchup on them and stuff. Yeah. I don't good childhood high school were you voted anything were you involved in other things what were you in high school (laughs) what were you in high school um I was not super popular I had been a gymnast growing up as a rhythmic gymnast so the ribbons and clubs and stuff um and um but I quit in seventh or eighth grade because it was getting just a little too competitive and in high school I was like I want to do all the things and so I tried a little bit of everything I played volleyball poorly I played soccer fairly poorly um but I had fun and um I had a really good group of friends I was involved in my church we were kind of between pastors at that point so we kind of had to do your own build your own youth group situation going on that was a good community and I was a little bit of a troublemaker. Always got along really well with my dad. Tell us one troublemaker story. One troublemaker story. One arrest story and one troublemaker story. (laughs) Um, I wasn't arrested. Thank goodness. This isn't Alan Jacob. um, I know, right? (laughs) Um, I had a boyfriend in high school my junior and senior year. His name was Aaron. And I really, really liked him. And there was this one night that he and a group of his friends who went to a different high school from me were having a party. My parents said I couldn't go. So I snuck out. Yeah, you did. I took the screen off the window, right? Mm. And I left. I got in the car and left and what did I think my parents weren't going to hear the car turning on in the garage I don't know uh but it's before the age of cell phones because I'm that old and uh, they figured out what was going on because I'd been talking about it and um called Aaron's family at their house and had me come home so yeah I was caught red-handed and then the consequence was uh no more seeing Aaron for quite some time really grounding Yeah. yeah Yeah, pretty serious grounding. Um, And so then where did you go for college? I went to Pacific Lutheran University. It's in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Small college. And that was a big step. Like, that was far. It was. So my brother, who's older than me, had gone to Bates College in Maine. So four years before, he left uh, from the furthest corner of the West Coast to the furthest corner of the East Coast. So my parents were kind of like, oh, great. 700 miles north. See you at Thanksgiving. Yeesh, yeah. So, yeah, he set a precedent. And so the school that you went to was like a, what size? Uh, 2,500 students. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to Carthage, so kind yeah. of a similar okay. yeah, yeah. feel. Similar feel, absolutely. Yes. And so then you went there for four years. I did. And you thought you wanted to be? Uh, well, when I first started, I wanted to be a writer. I was going to be an English major. And then I realized that I don't love reading nearly as much as I do writing. And that in order to get a degree in English, you had to do a whole lot of reading. So it wasn't about that. So I switched to psychology and wasn't sure really what to do with it other than um, love and analyzing human behavior. And yeah. All that stuff. So What's your favorite thing you learned in psychology? 
my favorite thing that I learned in psychology? Ooh, that's a hard question. Probably it was like the start of my understanding like systems theory and kind of the operation of the human within systems, individual community. And that's globe. psychology, not sociology? It is sociology. Okay, but I love that kind too. Of the, yeah, <laughs> psychology is how the individual operates within those systems. Marnie has like, asked these questions what in is, podcasts before. So. <laughs> what is a system? Like, Give me an example. Like, what So that a means. system, uh, our congregation would be a system. So the way in which a community, a community operates and what are the values and how um, – is that played out and how do individuals operate within that? It's so interesting. Yeah. But, but you've asked you know, a lot about family order, like birth order. Things yeah. Like yes. I do think I that's interesting. About. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then you go to four years. I do. You yep. get a degree in? Psychology. Psychology. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? So I met Jacob, who's now my husband, our freshman year. So we dated all of college. And we got married the fall after uh, we graduated. And then I had a part-time job working at this mentoring organization called Big Brothers Big Sisters. Oh, um, and he had no job, and we didn't really have a place. We had an apartment that we couldn't pay for. It was very complicated. Uh, you know, but when you're young and starting out, you just, we were so in love. We were going to make it work, and we did. Um, but my part-time job grew into a more full-time job, uh, organizing a group of mentors in the Seattle area. And Wait, so back up. I want you to walk me through your parents because okay. like I feel like I've got a college kid and then I don't know. I know a lot of people who listen to this like Lisa and <laughs> Felbine and all that. But like you got married mm-hmm. and you couldn't pay for your apartment and you have a part time job and the person you married, it doesn't have a job. He ended up getting one a couple months in. But when we got but, I mean, married a couple months in, in like if my yeah. daughter... <laughs> Is partnering I think you're being very somebody, real right now. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just think I'd be like, I mean, what's the rush? Why don't we wait? Hey, I think you guys are great. But yeah, like, let's make sure. So what were your parents saying? Well, so we got engaged in the December before we graduated. And then it was May. And then we had this big wedding booked and planned in Lafayette, California, at this fancy hotel. So that was the impetus. And I guess you would have known. So you you would have known at that we did time. Yeah, because you don't, you don't have a job yeah, lined up. Okay. Exactly. And right. so then your parents were like, yeah, you guys are great. It'll be fine. So, well, my mother was super supportive, and so was my mother-in-law. It turns out we found out, Jacob and I found out much later that our dads were both like, "They're too young. This isn't gonna last." <laughs> but they talked to each other, and not to us, and so we just went in with blinders on, as young people in love do sometimes. I you mean, know, no we're formula for life. I'm just exactly. curious, coming from the other yeah. side of it, and. Yeah. I should give a shout out to both of our dads who did help us financially for those first few months. I mean, we weren't like destitute by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very okay. gracious. Sorry, I got distracted by no, that. That's fine. Okay, so, and then what job did your husband? He ended up working at an organization called Trinity Glass, and he was a graphic designer. So if you've ever bought a door at Home Depot and picked up a catalog about the doors that are available, uh, he designed those catalogs. I've done that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, um, you think they're still using his catalogs? or? I hope not. That was a while ago. <laughs> well, whatever. So Big <laughs> Brothers, Big changed. Sisters, that's an amazing organization. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah, it was really cool. I started um, in the Seattle office, which was their kind of West Coast headquarters at the time. And I was doing administrative work to start. And then I helped start our school-based mentoring program. So getting mentors into schools. Um, during the school day. So I was working with schools, public schools, and developing partnerships at the elementary level in particular um, to get them engaged in uh, this love for mentoring so that once students knew that they were known and valued and loved, uh, that they could maybe get past some of the other barriers and continue to learn well. Yeah, do you know any of those stats about that? Because I feel like, yeah, that power of being seen or just that trusted adult. 
I did know stats at one yeah, time. Yeah, not this anymore. This a while ago. Sorry. But I know that it was very effective and still exists. The program still exists in Seattle Public Schools. So then what happens in your life? So then, um, let's see, we did that for a little while. Uh, my husband didn't love being a graphic designer at that company. And he ended up getting a job at PLU, where we went to college in the alumni office, um, as the associate director of some sort. I forget exactly what the title was, but associate director for alumni relations. So he planned events. He was an event planner, Fun. essentially, for the university and for fundraising events and that kind of thing. Um, so that brought us um, back to Tacoma, and my job was changing a little bit uh, because I moved from the Seattle office to the Tacoma office, and I ended up um, across the street from our Big Brothers Big Sisters Tacoma office was the University of Washington, the Tacoma mm-hmm. campus, and I'd heard about their social work program, and my love for systems theory doesn't always fit with psychology because it's much more about the individual. And I was like, I should go be a social worker, and so I started night classes and did that for three years and got my master's in social work. So then you're working for the brothers, Big Brothers Big Sisters, going to school at night. Mm-hmm. Your husband's working at the college. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. And then I ended up quitting my job at Big Brothers Big Sisters because of there was a bunch of reorganization and things happening. And um, I ended up, let's see, where was I? And then I started working at PLU in the campus, uh, campus ministry office, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. So um, perfect. Because they had a part-time, well, it was full-time, but kind of part-time. They were in tra- the pastor's campus pastors were in transition and I was just the Velcro kind of holding some things together. Um, so interesting. So I did that. So you're yep. exposed to that. Yep. Yep. I was really involved. Jacob and I were both involved in campus ministry as students and so it felt kind of natural and I was able to balance the things um, between school and that. And then I had an internship that was required for my MSW and um, and then this is just one of those like the doors kind of kept opening. The congregation we had joined, this teeny tiny little congregation in downtown Tacoma needed another person to do some Velcro-related things, hold a few things together, um, particularly anything with children, youth, and family. And so um, I left PLU. It was a much more structured job there, and this one was in a church, and there was just a lot more flexibility. So I did my internship at a place called Emergency Food Network for my social work degree, doing fundraising in Ending Hunger in the Tacoma area. And then um, in the evenings and weekends, I worked at our church and kind of did things like Sunday morning announcements coordinating the two Sunday school teachers we had, um, taking some handful of high schoolers to Holden Village, that kind of thing. Okay, so then... Mm-hmm. So then uh, we're sitting at my dining room table as I'm filling out my paperwork to graduate from University of Washington. And Jacob goes, I think I want to be an architect. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's one of those, like, he is, has been obsessed with Legos for most of his life and, um, you know, read Architectural Digest as a kid, right? So, of course. Leisurely, this was, sure. Right, exactly. <laughs> this was not super surprising. Um, and he ended up applying to a bunch of graduate schools and got in at uh, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And so then you guys move here. Yes. Well, so then we weren't going to go because we had a house and friends and jobs. And I had a new degree and I was going to be a social worker. It was all going to work out in Tacoma, Washington, which is a beautiful place. Um, And uh, we weren't going to go because Jacob was like, this is stupid. He's very logical. And I appreciate that. I'm much more big pie in the sky dreamer. But what if? What if? So we were kind of debating. um, And then one night, this is kind of weird. I had a dream. And all I heard was the word go. And I woke him up in the middle of the night and I was like, we got to go to Milwaukee. And he's like, go back to sleep. What are you even talking about? I'm sure he's actually nicer than that, but that's kind of how I remember it. Um, and uh, we kind of let that sit a little bit. 
And I was like, I think, I think we're supposed to go. Like, we don't really know anything. We don't have the money to really do it. It's 2009. Are we supposed to really sell our house? The market's awful, whatever. All these things that seem to, didn't re- seem to not add up um, really did. We took the leap of faith and moved to Milwaukee. And he went to three years of graduate school. And so you're just taking loans out. Yeah, which is a real bummer. That is a real bummer. <laughs> for our financial so situation So nobody's present, paying for it. Like, there's no scholarships. He, well, he got some scholarships. and. Um, so then you're I back in a college to town. Yeah, back in a college town. You are now a social worker. Trying to be a social worker. Okay. So I graduated in May 2009. We moved in July 2009. Um, and I tried for three months to get a job in social work. I had a bunch of interviews. And it was mostly like... Uh, you know, you're not from around here. You're not going to know the ways. That wasn't exactly how people said it, but that was kind of the overarching message. Um, And so it turns out from our congregation in Tacoma, First Lutheran in Tacoma, um, there was a couple there whose son happened to be the bishop of the Greater Milwaukee Synod at the time. And they said, just reach out to Jeff. You've been working in a church. I'm sure he'll find something. I was like, I'm not going to like call the bishop and say, get me a job. Like that seems silly. (laughs) It seems like overstepping in some way. Um, but after three months of non-employment, I wasn't eligible for unemployment. Um, I did. And two congregations interviewed me, and I took a full-time job in youth ministry. So okay. Yeah. So then you do youth ministry. Yeah. And you Purely feel what about this? Say again? What do you feel about that experience? Well, I was going to be a social worker. Yeah. So it was kind of an interim thing, right? It, yeah. For me, it was like, oh, I'll go do this. It's a good experience. I was. I feel like... Ministry in many ways is social work in the yeah, church, yeah. right? Serving and people, so, serving people. Exactly, exactly. So it, it made sense and it fit. And um, then I kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. And when it came time, Jacob finished grad school. We had our son, Jens. Um, the job market was pretty crummy for architecture. I was like, maybe maybe we should just stay in the church. Um, maybe this is what God's calling me to. But I wasn't totally ready to admit that because I was still I was going to be a social worker. I had a degree in it. Um, he got his first job. That was in Waukesha, Wisconsin. So kind of half. I know. know it. Okay, perfect. Um, and then he got a job in Madison, Wisconsin, after a year after of graduate after graduating. And he was home for a year with Jens, trying to get a job. But he was a stay-at-home dad, which was actually really awesome and amazing. In hindsight, at the moment, it was a little tight and scary. But um, yeah, and then we went. Uh, to Madison and I was like oh I'll be a social worker now this will all work out and the partner at the firm where Jacob got a job was like oh our church council is looking for a youth director I know that your wife has worked in the church and he's like ah that's funny uh, she's not gonna do it she's not gonna go for it and again this kind of it wasn't three months this time but about a month before um, I of like kind of soul searching and trying to figure out we'd stayed in Waukesha we hadn't moved he was commuting um, I was like fine I'll just reach out and I did. And they, this congregation, Bethel Lutheran in Madison, interviewed me and hired me. And I kind of thought, like, I had imposter syndrome. Like, okay, so I did youth ministry for five, four years, and I thought I wasn't going to do it anymore. Why on earth would you hire me to do this? And then I just showed up. And I just, at a certain point, God's two by four, you know, kind of waxy in the head. So then you're doing that. Mm-hmm. You're liking that. Mm-hmm. And your husband's loving texting the arced. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Protecting the art. Mm-hmm. And then what? Um, and then it was just this moment where I realized the congregation, well, it wasn't one moment, but over time, the congregation I was in was in some trouble. There was some 
difficult leadership and um, this is a big church, right? It was a really big church in downtown Madison yeah. and just trying to figure out who they were at this stage in the game. And um, there were there were just some really difficult things about being there. Um, and so I interviewed, applied and interviewed for another youth ministry job at a church across town, the other side of Madison. And I got it and I accepted. And I told Jacob, who had known about it, but and he was like, well, why would you do that? That's the exact same thing. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a social worker. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, so I told that congregation that I actually wasn't going to come and be their youth director, but instead I was going to seminary. So Jacob, when I told Jacob, maybe maybe I'm not going to be a social worker, maybe I should go to seminary. I'm not really sure what for. He was like, well, to be a pastor. <laughs> he like knew all along, right? So there so we were. So then how many years is seminary? Four. So I ended up staying at Bethel Lutheran in Madison for two years and doing distance learning at Wartburg Seminary. Uh, it started in 2016, so they had just revamped their distance learning program. So it was a requirement to go to campus for the first week of each semester, and then everything else was by Zoom, um, my classes and everything. And then I went off to internship in 2018, uh, where I was at a congregation, St. John's Lutheran in Prairie du Sac, Wisconsin. Um, and then there's one more year of seminary. After. In your internship, Pastor gave me a, a call <laughs> and really talked to you up. And he's like, you guys are doing a great job if you're calling her. So it was kind of cool talking to him on the phone for a while. <laughs> so then, but then I know you came from Nebraska. Right. So see, again, I make plans and God kind of laughs. This has been the story of my life. Um, so finished up seminary. Uh, the distance learning thing was awesome. Made some of my very best friends. And then in the ELCA, you go through this assignment process where you fill out a bunch of paperwork about um, who you are and what your gifts are and where you imagine yourself being. And then uh, the bishops of the ELCA meet and do what used to be called the draft, um, where they kind of decide where the need is and what ma- they do this kind of magical matchmaking, right? Um, and I was they pretty. Fight. They just fight. They over just who fight. Gets who. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been in the room, but it sounded pretty ridiculous. But um, then I got a phone call uh, saying from the bishop of the Nebraska Synod saying that he had a call for me. And there's kind of this unwritten rule where you don't really say no unless you can say no. But we had a mortgage and a kid and didn't feel ready to say no. And it was part-time campus ministry, which all felt very full circle. Um, So we moved to Kearney, Nebraska in the middle of a pandemic and we're there for three years. It was wild. Okay. So you've Mm. lived in Northern California. You've lived in Tacoma, Washington and Seattle, Washington, Mm -hmm. if I'm following. And then a bunch of cities in Wisconsin. Then Nebraska, and now, and now here. So I would say that I think California would be super different than Washington, and I think Washington would be super different than Wisconsin, and super different than Nebraska. So describe, sum up, what are your favorite parts of these places and locations, and, and what feels like a home for you, or what feels like a space? So. California, Northern California in particular, is just a beautiful part of the world. And I love the weather. I miss the weather of Northern California for sure. Um, But it's really expensive to live there. So I went away to college and there just wasn't a way. I mean, you heard where I worked. I've never worked in like super high paying jobs. Um, And so just moving back there didn't make a lot of sense. Um, So Jacob and I thought we'd settle in Washington. His family is all there in the Western Washington region. Um, And then we moved to Milwaukee 
what I didn't mention is that my brother uh, got a job as a professor at Northern Illinois University when we were newly married somewhere in there. Um, and so he settled here in Batavia, Illinois, with his family. And so we've been coming here for a long time. My mom grew up uh, in Bloomington, Illinois. I mean, Indiana, sorry. And um, has siblings here. Uh, I have an aunt and uncle here in Naperville. We have some in Kildare and other Chicago suburbs um, who just wound up here. So coming to Milwaukee, or going to Milwaukee, I should say, wasn't totally like out of the norm to live in the Midwest. But culturally, I'd say it's really different than us West Coasters. Give me a couple examples. Give me a couple. Um, The first time that we had Jacob's classmates over, we did Taco Tuesdays, like as a regular, like, let's get together and um, vent about the stress of graduate school um, and let our spouses vent about the complexity of having our spouses in graduate school. (laughs) And um, we did not have beer in the fridge. We had wine. We're wine drinkers. And so we're like, oh, can I pour some wine? Because in California. Right in Washington, too, Even right? Even Washington's got yeah, great wine. right? Um, and they were like, you you don't have beer? They're like, the number one rule to living yeah, in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, is to always have beer in the fridge. And so cheese I, curds. <laughs> and cheese curds, too. We didn't even have that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I, to this day, still have beer in my fridge. That's a over. fun one. That's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you have been a student many times True. over. Yes. Um, you're a wife and you're a mom. Tell me about momming. How do you feel like, what are things that you feel like, oh, this is how I want a mom. This is the goal. Mm. Well, I had a really good example. My mom is an awesome human who just taught me about caring about other humans in just deep and meaningful ways. Um, but also she would be happy to tell you stories about what a naughty teenager I was. So, um, we, I learned a lot in retrospect from, um, growing up in, um, my house. And, um, I think the things that I'm, that are really important to me are relationships, being able to talk about anything. We have an 11 year old son. He's our only kid. Um, and he's a sensitive little booger and I love him to death. And he wants to talk about things like late at night. Sometimes it's just a stall going to bed but sometimes he's like mom can we talk you know he just wants to talk and process his day and ask big questions and um I just love that I value that in a big way and my mom did that for me too so yeah he still does um so what is your favorite thing so far about um getting to know our church community this place is so warm people are friendly um, I've been I've worked on staff and been a member in a lot of congregations that aren't so friendly I just find that there is um, a, a desire for deep connection among the people here. And so I just love that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And since you said you value relationships so much, tell me about like your closest relationships, your closest people, your closest. My, who are my people? confidants? Yeah, I have two besties. One is Jason. He is a seminary friend. Um, we text every day. Oftentimes it's just um, gifts or memes about you know, life and how ridiculous it can be at times. Um, But we got to know each other um, in the Madison area. He was a youth director that way too and started seminary a little bit before me. And he is the one who said, you got to go visit Warburg. Will you just come with me? And I was like, ugh, no, I don't want to go to seminary. And, uh, but he dragged me there and we spent the night and I was like, okay, I'm going to seminary. I get it. So I blame him slash thank him. Um, And we're just really close. He's a pastor now in the South Central Synod of Wisconsin. Um, and then another is my friend Martha. She's actually a retired ELCA pastor, so you'll see some connections here <laughs> among pastors. But um, she was an interim pastor at Bethel when I was the youth director, 
and kind of helped guide me through this process of like going to seminary and what that meant and also just like being human in a difficult world. We still Zoom every Friday. Um, we did through the whole pandemic. She mo ended up moving to San Jose, California um, to be near her kids. And um, yeah, we sometimes plan vacations where we meet in the middle, Salt Lake City, you know, whatever comes up. So if I'm at Martha, what would she tell me about you? <laughs> what would she tell me, tell you about me? Um, I think she would tell you that I have fierce passion and um, I might get my feelings hurt a little too easily. <laughs> Sometimes separating the personal and the kind of big picture things of what's happening. I love them and value them both. Um, it's just a messy line in between. I think that's so hard. Like I want to mm -hmm. be a person that can change my mind and I mm -hmm. want to be a person yes. who can receive feedback and not be defensive of it but I think it's so hard because I think my first knee-jerk reaction is to go and talk to my friend and be like can you believe I got this negative feedback exactly. or whatever it was exactly and let me process it and process it yeah. but I want to be able to hear it too so mm -hmm. I can grow right yes. yeah or that I'll be defensive hard. like I'm okay with hearing it just not yet like mm -hmm. give me like I want to yeah. I want to get through this and then maybe I can hear it but mm -hmm. it's always hard I, I think, think it's hard mm -hmm. but I want to be a person who can mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's good that you have those people yeah. and um you said Jason is a pastor and then you said like a region he's in Wisconsin he's in yeah he's in the Madison area yes yes yeah. yes yes, yes. Yeah. um and what would you describe your relationship with your husband as? You know, it is. <laughs> they're fun. They're giggled. fun as a couple. <laughs> Apparently, but, uh, I'm just going to interrupt how, Yeah, here. how would you describe our relationship? I, I, I would say that, like, Mandy um, absolutely loves Jacob. And and they have a common language, as probably Pastor yes. Elizabeth and I have a common language. Yes. So it's good, like, that we're partnered up in that way. But it's really funny to watch Mandy and Jacob. Like, they're, um, they they laugh a lot. And we're like, they're not picking on things or people, but he's a fun, very fun person. And, and he has a lot of strong opinions. And he'll yeah. let you know, which is a gift. And sometimes he's also, like, a manager. He's a director of architecture. So he manages people all day. And mm -hmm. sometimes he forgets that his, you know, wife and son aren't necessarily in need of his management. But, you know, that's okay. We love him. He's oh, a lot I of fun. Like he keeps us organized. He keeps us on time. And he also, like, is a total prankster. He's like, he'll do jump scares out of the bathroom at Jens when he's walking. That's you not know, fun to me. That's not yeah. fun. Chris well, it's not fun to me either. That's he doesn't fun. do them to Don't me jump anymore. Don't jump scared to yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I will say a really fun loving guy it's yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's been um you know like we don't interview the spouses here in this process but mm -hmm. like he he had really good vibes when mm -hmm. we were uh, uh had pastor elizabeth uh in town yeah so, yeah. Yeah, so also, what's his take of being married into a faith did he grow up in a faith community yeah he grew up in the lutheran brethren church so a slightly different uh, kind of version of Lutheranism, um, a little stricter. Our campus pastor was uh, that we had a married couple at PLU, and he had never met a female pastor at the time. And so he made an appointment with her and said, "Tell me about like being a woman in the church." And she did, and talked about kind of the complexities and the ELCA theology around it, and um, just that it's a beautiful gift to have anyone up, you know, in the pulpit leading. And <coughs> excuse me. Um, from that day, like from that moment, he was like, oh, this makes so much more sense than what I was taught. And so 
he is just very open very open very open yeah That's and awesome. he's so faithful uh it's we sometimes giggle that like i'm the one who wound up as the pastor um because he he would also make an excellent pastor but mm-hmm. um he's a fantastic architect he's teching the arcs yeah he's teching the um arcs. so and he joined s- our design team here at church yeah oh that's fun which he doesn't have to do but i think that was very <laughs> cool that he joined it it yeah. is very cool uh what you said you several times you've said i'm a big dreamer or a big like mm-hmm. thinker so what are your big dreams for your family and what are your big dreams yeah separate conversation for our church i think big dreams for our family um we have been seeking a place of connection that we haven't had some of that is pandemic some of that was where we were in central nebraska um just being so far away from our people our family and that sort of thing uh, i should say my parents moved from san francisco area to madison wisconsin while i was in seminary to help us oh, that's and wonderful. because our grandkids were close by so they're in madison now so <coughs> the <clears throat> excuse me the nearness is really awesome um big dreams for my family connection growth always learning um i don't know that i have like a dream uh, that says no more school i would say um i have made a promise i or a, a vow to jacob that i will not do any more school until Jens has completed college. Wait, so you do want to do more school? <clears throat> I would be interested in getting my doctorate or Holy Toledo. And preaching. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I would just say never say never because I did. Yep. And yep. then it was like 10 years later I started okay. school. Yeah, like exactly. We'll okay, see. and what do you see big dreams for our church? Well, I think there's already such a strong foundation of connection and a desire for a connection here. I just can't wait to see how the spirit moves and gets people engaged, especially as we talk about this year of engagement and um, connecting with one another, growing in faith, seeing what God is up to, and people being able to articulate that, um, being able to talk about faith, talk about the ways that God is working in their lives, um, not just within the confines of the building, but um, out in the community too, so that we're always proclaiming good news. What ministry are you excited to grow here? Um, you know, I was right before this podcast, I was kind of making a dream spreadsheet, not spreadsheet, a, a document, and um, a small groups. I'm really hopeful to get small groups off the ground. I know that there's been a history of them off and on, um, but I think connection happens in deep ways in those intimate settings where you come together to maybe study something, but you get to know each other even even better and get to know God even better. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, do you have a vacation dream that you want to go on? Ooh, that's a good one. I well, I really want to go to the Holy Land. I've never been. That's on my bucket There's list. There's somebody on the staff that's I like have heard rumor yeah. about that. Yeah, <laughs> we we agreed that um, after Pastor Ben, she'll be the next to get to go, okay. which actually makes sense for her role. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as like this spiritual leader in the the community, maybe you take a Holy Land pilgrimage, and yeah. and Pastor Ben can just plan it out for her. Yeah, exactly. You know, but then he's but got like, the he's got like the she's she's a strong. Uh, theologian and storyteller so i think it's just showing up at those places and and yeah i think i think it'd be a cool trip for you cool um what's a way that we as your church family can support and love you like in this pastor like what is a way that that would be kind Um, for us my favorite coffee drink is an oat milk latte so i feel like i should just put that out there that always wins me over um wait do you do you do any flavoring Sometimes vanilla, sometimes okay. almond, I, you okay. know, whatever. I'm, I'm not particularly picky, but yeah, oh my okay. okay. Flavor or no flavor. 
<laughs> Shameless plug. Um, I think that the continuation of just connection, it's all about relationships uh, with each other, with God. And so being open to that and being willing and trusting of the spirit and trusting um, of the leadership of this place that we're going in the direction that God's inviting us. So yeah, stop by and talk. You don't have to bring a latte. But, <laughs> but I mean, I would drink it. <laughs> if you'd care to show me love and support. <laughs> um, that's so great. Um, and tell me, describe your son a little bit to us. Jens is awesome. So his name is Jens, rhymes with fence. Um, and Jens is remember. from what ethnicity? So it's Danish for John, which is a family name on both our sides. Jacob's family is of Danish lineage. Um, and then my brother has a son named Ivan, Russian for John. So my dad jokes that he has two grandsons, only two grandsons, but both of them are named John. So <laughs> giggle about that. But Jens like fence. That was yeah. helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he is 11. He plays the cello. He... Um, is really into Air Jordans and being stylish and Vans. I should make a shout out for Vans. He loves the Vans brand. Um, he is... None of this is sponsored. Just so Yeah, know. okay. Well, Vans, if you'd like to sponsor, <laughs> we're ready. Um, let's see. He's taking the bus to junior high. It's wild. He's in sixth grade. He's going to do cross country and um, maybe bowling. They have a million different intramurals. Mm-hmm. Uh, strength training. He's pretty. What junior high is training. he at? He's at Lincoln. Okay. So he'll go to Central. 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 Yeah. Okay. So you have now two pastors. Pastor Elizabeth is in Maple Brook One, and my family mm-hmm. lives in Maple Brook Two. And the phrase is, is that Maple Brook Two is number one. If you didn't That's know that. the name of their neighborhood Facebook group. I'm not we on Facebook. I didn't make Maple it up. One. Yeah, Plus, we yeah. don't need to say <laughs> And we have it. lots yeah. of members <laughs> who literally live in Maple Brook 1, 2, and then Winding Creek, which is connected to 2. Yeah. Like, this it's, is it's a wild. fun community it connection. Is. Yeah, it is. Um, what else am I missing? What else should we talk about before I let you go? This has been fun. This has what been don't fun. I know that I need to? Oh, oh, we asked know, her if she's been arrested. We have not. <laughs> we but heard... also you found that out in the background check when you hired me. Do you so. have a regret that you've grown from? Because I feel like even as a parent, it's sometimes so hard to watch mm. your kid make choices that you don't love. But then it's like, don't talk, don't talk. They have to make this because this is how you learn. This is how you grow. This is how you get better. And I think of that for myself, too. I mean, certainly the times that I do great, I don't learn as much as from when I've messed up. Or mm-hmm. I remember we had Sue Harvey on mm-hmm. and she was so articulate and well-spoken. And I thought one of the most beautiful things she shared was how intention doesn't always matter more than impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I sometimes have clung to, but that's not what I meant. Sure. Easy um, to do. And conceding that I really should care more about how that person felt mm-hmm. of what I did mm-hmm. or said. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's hard, I think, to mm-hmm. recognize it's so as mature, a big personality. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's it really hard is. to accept, but I think it's really beautiful. So I think I've, mm-hmm. but that wasn't something I regretted. But I just think. Mm-hmm. And other times I've dug my feet in the ground to say, like, I want to mm-hmm. defend myself and then be like, well, if that's how you felt, mm-hmm. that's not what I meant, but I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you end up apologizing for how they're feeling, which isn't really an apology. Yeah. 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 But have you have any regret, anything that you look back on and go, oh, I grew from that. That yeah. hurt. Yeah. I think the first one that comes to mind, my grandmother died. She's my last living, last living grandparent. Um, two Novembers ago, and she lived in California. Um, and my brother at the time uh, 
was going through starting the start of what I didn't realize was going to turn into a divorce and he did not come and I got really angry at him and in front of Jens um, and held that against him for a while. It's hard to let go of a grudge sometimes. Like, how can you not care about our family? How can you not make three days to go to California to bury our grandmother and be with our family? Um, I was really mad about that. And um, just really regret that I expressed it in the way that I did, not only to my brother, but in front of Jens. And he kind of was like, whoa, mom, <laughs> this is kind of scary to see you that mad. And um, I feel like I've really grown from that. Not only if I kind of reconciled with my brother in a lot of ways, we've had some really good conversation about it. Um, I've been able to talk to Jens like we have big feelings sometimes I, I have big feelings sometimes and I don't always know how to handle them and it's opened up some conversation I think between him and I about the realities of and comp- complexities of being human mm-hmm. and what that means and just because in that moment I really valued going to be with my family um, in this moment my brother didn't have the mental space essentially to be able to do it and that's okay too um, yeah yeah, that's good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Pastor Brian, I feel like... I totally... I have a question. Ooh, but, it, but it's It's from my perspective. I would say that while interviewing at Our Saviors, I think it's pretty intense because at other churches, it just doesn't feel like it's taken that long for that discernment mm-hmm. or you're up against uh, different candidates. And so I remember the moment that Mandy and I were at... Um, our house before we moved to Naperville, our old house. And I remember the moment that Mandy Mandy and I both said, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, you know, mm-hmm. like we, I was interviewing here, but like, it felt like, well, now they wanted to know from us, are you interested in us? And I kind of left them hanging a little bit cause I was ticked with all the interviews. So I was curious, <laughs> like, when did you know mm-hmm. that like, okay, this is the place and like, was Jacob on board right away? Yeah. Um, or did that take some yeah, convincing? That's, uh, no, it took some convincing of me, him convincing me in a lot of ways. I was also interviewing um, at a similar, around the same time at a congregation in New England. Um, and we went out to visit them. I had my heart set on this place, um, thinking that it was one way based on the Zoom conversations that I'd had with them. And it really turned out not to be that way. Oh, yeah, and you I, were texting me during that week. Yeah. You? <laughs> you were like, how is it? I was like, fine. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about it. Um, really had this moment it was a kind of reverse aha moment like oh this isn't the thing is our saviors really the thing because our saviors felt like at the time geographically totally awesome um in terms of connection to family and that kind of thing um but new england is like beautiful and amazing and i love it there and we kind of realized we love to vacation there and it's beautiful and amazing in that way um but that that just wasn't the right fit for us and so then i'd continued conversations um, and realized that our saviors was actually becoming a much more like viable possibility. And I remember being in our kitchen in Kearney, um, sitting around, standing around our kitchen island. Jacob and I, Jens had gone to bed, and you know the best, most vulnerable, difficult conversations happen at you know eleven o'clock at night when right. you're totally exhausted. Mm-hmm. But um, you get what you get in those moments for sure. And um, I said, "Are you sure? Like it's a big congregation. I've been in big congregations, and they tend to be messy. And I'm afraid." I just don't know what to do, but this other one really isn't working. What if I, what if I, they don't call me at our saviors? What if we say no? You know, I'm going through all of the, down the rabbit hole of the what ifs. And he looks at me and is like, but God is the one who's calling you. What are you so worried about? 
And so he's just deeply faithful. But it was that moment where I was like, I cried and was like, yeah, you're right. What if? You know, it's like the opposite. What if? Um, so and then I came to interview in person. And the moment that it clicked for me was I had done my interview with the call committee. And we walked out and Brian like rushed up to follow me out. And I was like, oh, gosh, was it that bad? You know, like that's my initial thought. And he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, you have to be my colleague. And I was like, oh, are you sure? It's a pastor dating scene, yeah. I thought you were going to say when the staff, when, or it wasn't all the staff, but when we took you out to uh, Fat Rosie's oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah. Pastor Fanny was there and I lied and said it was Pastor Fanny's birthday mm-hmm. and like she had no clue how to like react to me. That that was like my, my like, hey, if you want to know who mm-hmm. I am, here you go. Like, yeah. I'm going to mess with you. That was also one of my requirements though is that I want to be a congregation that likes to have fun yeah. and I knew that Pastor Brian liked to have fun and so... Playful. Uh, playful is really important, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I can be what's, very serious, but I love what's to play. The, um, <coughs> I don't know how to phrase this question, but talk to me about your faith. Talk to me about what is so great about it. What fills you up? What is hard? What is great? I think what is great is I find that um, I grow in faith the most when I'm willing to be vulnerable and to trust God, other people, kind of whatever that might look like. Um, and that is a real beautiful gift. Uh, those moments of doubt, the moments of complexity, and the moments of great joy, um, you know, kind of all stand out as things that keep me um, growing in faith, keep me near God, keep me remind, reminding, God reminding me uh, that God's always there and keeps showing up. Love it. Yeah. What's your favorite worship song? Oh, that's a good question. Um, my favorite hymn is Let Me Be Your Servant from the oh, ELW. Yeah. That was our wedding hymn and just has a special place. And sing then, a little bit, sing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. It was at my ordination and nice. installations here as well. Oh, so, very Phone. Well, Pastor Elizabeth, this was so nice to get to Thanks know you. Thanks for having you. me. This, this was has fun. been fun. Yeah. I feel like it has been fun. Yeah. Um. Till yeah. next time. I don't know who yeah. we're I, having I, on I, next. Yeah. I would just say, friends and listeners, if you have someone uh, within our community that you think would be worthwhile, um, convincing them to share their story. We don't. Um, hurt them, you know, when interviewing. Um, Marnie um, I, tries to be as respectful as possible, but has this opportunity when talking to you that pulls out kind of things and stories, and I love it. And so, yeah, if you know somebody that would be of value to add their story to this list of awesome people that we've uh, interviewed, talk to Marnie. Talk to one of the pastors. We'll get you connected. Because Marnie wants to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I do. And also, <laughs> if you think you know someone, that's also probably you are the someone. Because we oh, really yeah, value you the <laughs> all you? the yous. Who, who and we just want to know all your secrets <laughs> and all the things and share all your stories. Because we think it's fun um, to hear all your stories. So thanks, everybody. Thank thanks. You. Bye. Bye.